0: Unpopular Demand. The Grunge Bible Podcast returns. Episode number 74. Chris Salona here alongside Ethan Shalloway. How are we doing?
1: Whoever prayed for my downfall, you win. (laughs) They've won. You were right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Victory
0: has been declared. Uh, I think we're, we're both... (laughs) <laughs> we're both hurt in in our own individual ways today. Um, it's the middle of the week. We're we're just gonna bang out a bunch of podcasts today. So that's something to smile about. How are you, Ethan, my Me? good man? Yeah. Oh uh,
1: yeah. Um, who else would you be talking to? Uh yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing. <clears throat> I'm right in the middle. What's today's Wednesday? Like okay? I, I'm right in the middle of the week. I'm Jimmy, the middle. Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, you know, we're in I'm the just, middle of the
0: ride. Everything. I'm in, I'm in everything's the middle. Be all right.
1: Um. Yeah, no, I'm not doing terrible. Um, like I said, it's just that it's that in between. I'm doing some side work right now, and side work that's always fleeting, or I don't know. It's just that's a weird time. But no, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, my spirits are high. Uh, yeah. I'm heading to the beach on Saturday, and I'm excited to me and my brother are talking. I'm excited to be able to put stuff. You know, when you when you go to the beach and you you actually go somewhere, you can actually, you know, leave. Yeah, you leave stuff what's heavy behind. behind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, even though like. You know, you try your best when you're there. You sometimes getting away to a s- simple place that you go every year is very refreshing. So yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. That's um, great. How about you, Chris? Do you have anything planned like that that um, can recharge?
0: Yeah, a cu- couple things planned. So today is the is Wednesday, August 17th. Um, I have a uh, I'm going to a concert tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow the 18th uh, in Boston. I'm seeing Sharon Van Etten, Julian Baker, and Angel Olsen um, all in one night. Fired up about that. Um, a couple of weeks time, I'm going to North Carolina to visit my brother. Um, and then September is just a whole, uh, uh, uh hodgepodge of different events culminating in the road trip. So got a couple things going on, but work's been mm-hmm. a little stressful in the interim, just trying to get everything done because I'm going to be, I'm going to be traveling like half of the month of September. So something, you know, you pay your dues on yep. the front end and, 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 you know, you enjoy it on the back end. So. Um, the stress levels are a little bit higher right now, I'm just trying to get everything done. And, uh, I know we are, uh, going to bang out some podcasts here so we can get that done. So that's not hanging over our heads as we head off into the world. So I'm fired up about that. And today is an especially special episode, uh, especially special. Uh, can you, can you say that? Yeah. You know what? Th- it's an occasion for that because this
1: episode, regardless, out, irregardless, you can yeah, say, irregardless, either, either regardless one.
0: for all intensive purposes, intents and purposes, um, this episode's coming out on August twenty second, and that day is very important because on this day in nineteen sixty seven, a child was born uh, named Jesus Christ. Lane Lane Staley. <laughs> Lane Staley was born on August twenty second, nineteen sixty seven. So I love it when things uh, kind of line up for us Why and not. release dates end with um, birthdays or album anniversaries, and this is a big one. So we're gonna we're gonna spend today talking about Lane yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah, the Grunge Bible community, music community wants to say a big happy birthday to Lane Staley. Absolutely. Um, he'd be, he was he'd be 55 incredible. Today. 55.
0: 55.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's yeah, it just, it's
0: so strange to think about um and and we'll get into it but um uh you know right before we we thank the people we need to thank. It's always interesting because he passed away, you know, 20 years ago now. Um and Kind of related to that, a couple of weeks ago, I, I posted a video from a Kurt Cobain interview, and there's a really, really good comment that I pinned to it that I think applies to Lane as well. Uh, and somebody said about Kurt, in this interview, he's almost 20 years younger than I am now, but he will always look older to me because I looked up to him so much as a teenager. Isn't that weird? And I think, like, mm, it's so strange great, to think about, you know, these guys like Kurt and Lane and Andrew and Shannon and you name them. Um, it's weird to think about them in their fifties, uh, you know, and and being middle-aged and being older and having adult children and, uh, you know, what their professional careers would look like and what they would have done. It's, it's weird to think about. And, and that must be strange. You grow up idolizing somebody like Elaine or Kurt and, you know, they pass away and I think they always feel older. And because I mean, we're the, I mean, we're basically the same age as they were when they were, you know, making selling all of those records. I mean, you're 27. Um, and you know kurt passed away at 27 uh, and uh it's it's weird to think like i feel like they feel much older when they pass than i yeah. feel today and i'm I'm am 25 i'm turning 26 next month so it's a weird thing to think about
1: that is very um provoking thought provoking um yeah. glad you started with that because yeah they were just our age for most you know all the stuff that we're listening to and these albums were released and whatnot and yeah Pretty, pretty incredible how talented, Yeah, just I mean, we're going to get into how talented Lane was, especially today on on his day, because man, I mean, the talent was
0: incredible. unparalleled. It really was. Yeah. And uh, we've talked
1: about this a lot. So yeah. Um, we're just going gonna to do it a little bit more today do it more. That's what, absolutely. This, that's what the
0: space is for. Yep. yep, That that is what we're here for. So before we do Basically. that, uh, we get to ring the bell twice this week. Uh, it's been a while since we've rung the bell twice, and I'm very right. happy to announce that we have a new member of the $2 tier on Patreon as Amy Wynn has decided to uh, belly up to the, uh, to the breakfast diner and get her shitty cup of coffee. <laughs> so thank you, Amy. Uh, you can catch us here every Monday for your shitty cup of coffee uh we're very thankful for your support. Happy to brew it, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, we won't stop and then additionally, we have a new top-tier member.
1: We've been waiting for one of these we, to come been, around We've been waiting for, for, for this now. one
0: for for a little bit and it's finally here. It's been it's been a couple of weeks coming, but Faith Bittner has decided to join uh longtime follower, longtime uh interactor uh with the Grunge Bible media network um multi-universe powerhouse yes the powerhouse empire that we are um faith has decided to join at the top tier um and kind of like the uh the atlas carrying the world those are our top tier patrons and uh you know we have Mm -hmm. one more person that's decided to they said you know what put the load on me and uh we're happy for that we're grateful for that um you know rolling in here on episode 74 we still have people that have been with us quite a ways so thank you faith um for hopping in here, and you join uh, the following members of the top tier over on the Grunge Bible Patreon. And they are Chris LSMS, Sonny Mashburn, Kayla Jean, Alexis Shannon, Jade Mercado, Doug Endy, Black Hole Sean, Captain Hightop, Laura Nyrene, Millie Release, Nikki Six, Marianne, Alex Long, Darian Riddle, Fuck Soup, Rachel Corning, Wayne Staley, our number one fan from Australia, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, Jamie Lynn. Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Shoe the Shoeless, I Hate Your Mom, Kara K, The Blue Owl, Brother Nature, Kitty Cooper, Fresh Tendonitis, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, and my mother, Carlene Salona.
1: It's awesome
0: great I, that's so I, I good ended um, with my mom that was great
1: i was gonna say well and, and you recently went to a concert with your mom right
0: i did yeah i, I went yeah. to a concert uh, over the weekend with my mother i saw one of our uh, one of one of our cousins actually he was an old rocker in the in the 80s and uh, uh we were able to go see he still plays with his band uh John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. They played these guys, most of the guys are in their late 60s, early 70s and they and it's like an 80s rock band. So like they have a sax player and he's really really good. He's 82 and these guys got on stage at 9:15 and played until midnight with no breaks. It was unbelievable. <laughs> like wow. And they were good. Like they're really good. Like I I I've, I've known of him for a long time obviously. You know, he's 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 a family Family member essentially, so you know, I you know grew up you know seeing cousin John or whatever at this and that, but I'd never seen him play, and it was it was awesome. <laughs> it was really good. I was fired up. I'm
1: I'm so happy for you. That's that's so cool to be able to, to watch some family rock it, rock it down the house. Absolutely, bring down the house, rock yeah, and roll. he did that. um
0: he did a song for I think Rocky Four. I think Hearts on Fire. you're familiar with that it's amazing yeah it's apparently it's a hit there's a movie in the 80s called eddie and the cruisers they did the soundtrack for and like that's what it it went like three times platinum like their soundtrack for it which is more than i'll do in the music world
1: so more than more than most is is platinum is platinum a million
0: i think platinum's a hundred thousand no platinum's a million
1: i think platinum's a million yeah i
0: think yeah so i I sold a lot of copies of that sucker i guess (laughs) yes That's impressive. I did. I, yeah, I'm learning, learning more and more about, um, good old John Cafferty. So I was, I was, I was excited about that. It was funny. Cause my mom used to go to all of his shows, you know, in the eighties, uh, when he was kind of, uh, commercially
1: a million, million copies, so yeah. 3 million
0: copies. That's pretty good. That's, that's really good shit. Um,
1: I mean, a million's a lot, Chris.
0: Yeah. And 3 million yeah. is a lot more than 1 million, which is a lot more than a 100,000. So it was wow. cool. Just, you know, my mom likes music. I got a lot of my music love from her. So kind of like a nice full circle moment. She used to see them all the time in the 80s. So, you know, to hop in at 2022 20, and go and see him and have a nice, nice evening was, was just what the doctor ordered. So really excited right about that. It was great.
1: Right on. <clears throat> well... Not to take away from that story, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know that people want to hear a little bit about Lane. Yeah, they want to hear Um, about Lane. It's no, it's no secret that this man was just an incredible vocal talent. Um, I don't know, man. Sometimes I go back and forth. It depends who I'm listening to more of, who I think has the strongest, most raw talent. A part of like the scene and whatnot. Obviously, Chris Cornell has some. You know, gets extremely get some great high pitch voice and does some great stuff. But when you listen to lane and and this, the work that he's done throughout yeah. the years, I mean, his range was, you know, incredibly powerful and just as strong at the higher, the higher pitches and octaves yeah. and like some really like mind blowing stuff that you wouldn't yes. expect. And um, yeah, it was really fun to go back and listen to just some random, you know, live performances and see just the raw power that he delivered. Yeah. all the time which is yeah so it was so great man every time every time i get back into um like a, d- a deeper dive and stuff he just like blows your mind i love i love the alice and Chains kicks that we can go on sometimes yeah because I of lane totally you know, because agree. of lane
0: yeah lane lane i think is is the main draw for a lot of people i think it's a toss-up between lane and I think Jerry's guitar work are like the two catalysts that bring people in. But um, I feel similarly in the sense that I think it's a two horse race um, for most people, you know, it's between Chris and Lane in terms of who's just had like the most just awe inspiring vocals. Um, And like, like, like you just said, I kind of go back and forth and, it's interesting. I think with the objective today that we were going to kind of talk about some of our favorite songs, or just some of what we think were, were some of the most impressive things Lane did vocally. I found myself going through uh, Alice's discography and, and going through the Mad Season record, and I'd I'd go through it and I'd be like, "Oh shoot, that one is unbelievable." But then you 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 go two tracks down and you're like, "Well, this God, one's this, one. this one's great too." And then it's just like, <laughs> how do you even differentiate? Because I mean, every single part. Every single part that he had, every single um, kind of style that he wanted to give, I mean, on the acoustic stuff on Sap and, and Jar of Flies to, uh, you know, some of the slower stuff that he did for Mad Season to just like the blood searing anthems that he made with Alice. Um, it's like, yeah, it's it's hard to even know where to begin. And, and yeah, I, I don't even no. know why. That-
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is it's really good. I think and I, yeah, a lot of people love Jerry and Jerry sang a lot, obviously, and their harmonies were something special that yeah. And not Lane every band encouraged had. Jerry
0: to sing more.
1: Well, and that's what I was gonna say. Lane, I mean, uh Jerry's on, you know, he's on record saying like Lane really pushed me and like he made me like become more confident. He made me push my vocal abilities. And I, I definitely wouldn't be like he was always like encouraging me to tease like you wrote these songs, you sing them, and he was saying stuff like that all the time. I think that Lane's impact on and Jerry and his his vocal everything is, can't go overlooked because a lot of people are like, well, you know, Jerry sang a lot. You know, he did. I mean, he obviously. Yeah, but even you you can tell the shift.
0: You can tell the shift from facelift to dirt, for example, after that encouragement was made, and you know, with Jerry being the architect behind a lot of those songs, and and just like the friendship that they had for Lane to encourage him, because I'm sure earlier on, I mean, Jerry, even to this day, might. Think of himself like I'm a guitarist, you know, I'm not a am uh, not a singer. Um, and certainly then and and just kind of like that process that, that occurred to give him more of those parts. And and obviously I think for me, whenever I think about those two, I think of the lyric and no excuses, you know, you my friend, I will defend, and if we change, I love you anyway. Um mm-hmm. and I just think the synergy that they formed, um, and it's almost crazy too, because so somebody who is such a powerful singer like Lane was um to have the to make the decision to lean into harmonies and everything where it's not just one voice, uh, you know, stealing the show, but it's just the, the layering of, 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 of two voices together. I think that really set them apart because at the time in, in the genre, there really weren't other bands doing that, obviously. No.
1: Yeah. I was little really about to say it's, it is a special, you know, duo and dynamic that they have that, yeah, especially during that time. Of course, there's a lot of harmonies in classic rock and multiple singers and right. stuff, but these guys, like... Yeah, and for the grunge yeah, the genre, harder, there wasn't the a lot rock. of that going yeah. on, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, they are con- widely considered metal. If I mean, you know, metal, like, a lot harder Earlier than the other Earlier on, yeah, and, they
0: were on the metal scene. That's what they were marketed as.
1: And if you... Uh, you know, I don't know how much you listen to, like, Screamo and, and hard, really hard, harder <laughs> rock. I don't... <laughs> but like in the early 2000s and mid 2000s, like it, it was really popular to have like a singer and a screamer, and you had yes, two people. No, like true. one would take, yeah. one would take. Like they would be really good vocalists, and then they'd have a screamer come in and like take the other parts, and they would they would share the. And I feel, and I feel like Allison Chains definitely kind of sparked that for sure, because you know Lane wasn't you know. He wasn't doing the screamo per se yeah. genre, but like I mean, he absolutely was well, even tearing it up. At, different <laughs> at different, different parts yelling. in
0: a song are suited for different voices. I mean, I think of I think yeah. of Wood, for example, with Jerry taking the vocals on the uh, on the verses, and then Lane coming yeah. in for the choruses and the bridge and and and, and the end of the song. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like I don't know a lot about yeah. metal, but there's a lot of that. Like it's like you have your verse guy, and then you have your chorus guy.
1: Yeah. It was, yeah, very, very popular. And, and I think that because not everybody can scream and that's so hard on the voice. So you just oh, like, yeah. take the load, take the load off. Yeah. But yeah, I know. And we, you know, we give a lot of, you know, we, we've obviously post wood every day, basically for a long time. <laughs> but dude, that, I mean, that, that vocal performance is always extremely like satisfying to listen yes. to. I don't care how many times I listen to. Like it is, it is one of, I mean, it is such a good. Yeah. Such a good rip for him.
0: When I like we, we post it so often that you kind of get familiarized with it. But when I stop and consider what it ex- what it is that I'm listening to and what it is that I'm looking at, um, it's just as impressive now as it was when I first heard the song. Um, and just like especially the um, if you get the isolated vocal track and just how Lane hits Whew. those high notes, same old trip it was back then. And he goes way up high. Um, and I love the end when he brings it down. Uh, you know, towards the end, where he's where, where he's kind of finishing up the song, and and just like for somebody who had that great of an ability to scream and just bring the house down, he also had such a great ability to have a lot of nuance to his voice, which is something that um, you know to play both sides of that coin and to really be able to do it all is is really really impressive. And and Lane was able to do
1: that. Yeah, and he did it. His power and control were just always really spot on, and I think that. Mm-hmm um yeah you know, two other songs that obviously they're his top songs they're they're like their best songs for a reason but like rooster and man in the box have yeah. are just also like kind of fit in that same i figured we'd talk about those two before yeah i mean man in the box probably i think that's like those they're those live performances are some of the you know the most listened to like people always refer to those as like their best performances yeah um because man, he just is like on another level a it's lot of ridiculous. times. And then you have Jerry solo. Like, I mean, it's just yeah. like, it is such a, always such a great live. Yeah. And, dy- and Man in the performance. Box,
0: coming from their first album and being the first song of theirs to make yeah. it big. I think for a lot of people, that that was probably the first introduction that they had. And I don't know how, you know, around that time, if you're listening to the radio or whatever, if a friend gives you a, a mix or something, how that doesn't grab your attention, that, that chorus there. Uh, you know, feed my eyes. Can you sew them shot? Just, he's just soaring there on that, on that track. And it's really, it's probably that and them bones, I think are two of the songs mm, that I think of yeah. initially. And, and uh, them bones leading off the dirt album as the first track. I mean, right when that thing starts and you have the screams from lane um, and another, another, you know, you have the chorus going on there with, he just had such an ability to capture a moment in a chorus. I think he, He He knew how to do it and
1: he knew when to turn it on. Um, One of the things that I love about his style is like the way that he, he holds notes and like carries them across like four bars of Mm -hmm. music. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the other guys did it too, but for some reason, like his, like his ability to hold at the same like intensity is really good. That was some of the more impressive stuff when you listen to like, yeah, you just have incredible holds. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I don't absolutely. know much about, I don't know I don't know exactly like the you know falsetto right, octaves. And I'm I don't not know the big technical terms either. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Um but it and just like the it, a lot of times he would have those those little shifts those tone shifts at the end of at the end of holding a note or holding uh, holding a word into the chorus or something, or at the end of the chorus, and it's just so impressive. And I think he had such a haunting element to his voice, which, when coupled with the subject matter that Jerry was writing about, or even that Lane was writing about, um, and I think when you had Lane's ability, you put the the lyrics with it, and then you also put the harmonies together. Uh, because I think Alice and Chains they gave you the harmonies at just the right time. They didn't do it all of the time so that it became normalized but it really really accentuated um a lot of their work i think and that's something that's so special about it and in and, and lane really i think rose to every single moment in the studio certainly and even live um with mm-hmm. all of his struggles and all of his struggles with substance abuse and not playing much sober obviously the fact that he was and he was such a little guy too and that that big of a voice could come out of somebody like that um just blows my mind just absolutely blows my mind and something i spoke about earlier is kind of playing both sides of that coin another song i think of with lane is from mad season it's long gone day the track that he wrote with mark Lanigan. and i remember when i was first getting into the genre um when i was younger I came across that track and it's kind of like a jazzy swingy tune a little bit. And I was like, what is this man? I want to rock. Like, I don't, I don't want to listen to this, but as I've gotten older and listened to it more, you really, really appreciate that. And you know, it's a lot more subdued of a track, but the emotion that he's able to bring about in that space through his voice and the way he delivers the lyrics, um, he just had so much control over his voice. And I think he his voice was so powerful that you forget that it wasn't just throwing caution to the wind i think all of it was intentional and he had such control to craft it into exactly what he wanted
1: yeah yeah there's a lot of intentionality with what he was doing and i think that was it shows in all this music um I like. uh, I I wrote down two other songs too: uh, "Rain When I Die" Mm -hmm. and uh, "Love Hate Love." They both have some really good, Mm -hmm. really good runs. Especially, yeah, just super. Like I said, he he just holds notes and holds words differently. Like it just like just always sounds, and he kind of moves around the, you know, around the notes and the octaves, I guess, and just yeah, just crushes. I'm at a new, a new appreciation every time I got to do this and think about it. And I just, you know, a lot of times I try to think about like myself singing. Like when yeah, I sing and with how it, inaccessible you know? that feels. How physically <laughs> yeah. impossible no, that would be. Physically impossible. Yeah. Like, and there's that, you probably, I think we've, we probably posted, but that video of him when he was in high school, like in 19, it was like 1985. And he like just hits this unreal, like yeah. high pitched note that just sounds, but like he did it with like. It wasn't like cracking. It was like with power. Exactly. That's the best way. best way to explain it. There was so much power yeah. in that. And and, in that and I
0: think there's a big common denominator there because as two people who aren't singers and aren't trained, don't have trained ears in that facet and, and not knowing a lot of the rhetoric or, or the technique behind it. That's one commonality. I think whenever anybody listens to Chris Cornell, whenever, whenever anyone listens to Lane Staley, I mean, you have these people with these outstanding trained ears and they're very talented singers and- and they just they're in awe of it too. It it's just it taps into something that's not normal. It's not um I don't even think it's taught. It's just something that you have innately. Um and you know, they certainly both had it and, and Lane absolutely had it. A couple other tracks that I think of with him, um, It Ain't Like That Um is one for yep. me Oh yeah, um that is just blows me away what he does. And then um for the uh for the self-titled The Three Legged Dog album that came out, um Uh, shame in you really, really kind of, for me captures, I think where I saw the band at that point in their life and where I saw Lane at that point and just his delivery on that one, that one's some, that one's a song that whenever I listen to it, it kind of sticks with me for a little bit. Um, and I have to say it was really interesting. So I saw, well, you did too. Uh, we saw Jerry Cantrell, uh, play this spring. Um, I saw him in Boston. You saw him in Nashville and, how impressive of a job Greg Puchado did with a lot of Lane's parts. And it's just, it's it seeing Greg perform that almost increases your opinion of Lane um, because it, it looks like one of the most physically taxing things you can do on stage is to try to sing a Lane Staley part of an Allison in Chains song. And the fact that Lane you know, was, was doing that three, four, five, six nights a week,
1: uh, you know, back in the well, day and then when they're you know, on tour. You know, well, you take his performance and you just imagine another level, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause, mm. that, and that's how a lot of people would probably, you know, but Greg did an amazing He certainly did, and, but it almost um, makes you appreciate but to think that. Yeah. Yeah. To think that somebody else like, you know, cause there's always some, like, you know, if you learn a guitar solo, you can learn it so much, but if you write that guitar, so like, you know, you have the groove in you, like it's, it's so much different when you like, you get to, so, I mean, yeah, of course, because it's a so part of I just you projected f- out. Right. I just think the freedom that Lane would have on, like, you know, Greg has the pressure of singing Lane's stuff. Right. So he, you know, he was very, um, you know, honored to be able to do that. I know that, but man. Well, oh, and I think I, for that I reason, I, I, think,
0: I think Greg, Greg and, and William Duvall have two of the harder jobs in rock and roll uh yeah. to to sing lane staley's parts in such a way um that captures the essence of it and honors honors lane and and what he was able to do and i think they both do a fantastic job at it uh, i'm hoping yeah. and planning to see Alice and Chains in october uh, when they come up to my area and it's just it's just one of those things and kind of going back to what i we opened the episode with with how these guys will always feel older uh, because we looked up to them, or and people looked up to them. There's always a part of Lane and a part of Kurt, especially that just feels so inaccessible to me, just because so much time and space is between my fandom of theirs and their lives and 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 their performances of these songs and it's it's such a weird spot where you spend so much time listening to the music and you feel so intimately related to it but at the same time it feels just out of reach a little bit and that's something that i love interacting with people through the pages that we're able to see these these bands and these these musicians perform live during their primes and during their lives and um i think that's something really special and I love how excited everybody always is to talk about that. And and we get we get direct messages all the time. We get comments all the time like, oh, I saw saw Allison Chain's, you know, fall of ninety-two uh supporting dirt or whatever, and how excited they are to talk about that. And it you know, it's 30 years ago, and they're still so excited to talk about that, and I think that's a testament to what these musicians were able to do on a nightly basis. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It Yeah, it's a lot of time between between us and, and, and the music, it is all we can do is look back and talk to those people. I'm, I'm like trying to think of what I always like, think about what I'm going to be talking about in that manner. Yeah. when I get, when I get older.
0: Yeah. Cause it's a um, rare thing. I think to know when something instantaneously will have staying power in your brain. But I think a lot of people knew with Alice in Chains and they knew with Kurt Cobain when they saw Nirvana perform. And I always think about that too. You know, we go to shows quite a bit. I, you always wonder which, which which shows are going to be the ones that you tell you you know you tell if your kids are interested in music twenty years from now that you tell them about like oh I saw this person or yeah. this was the most impressive thing that I saw.
1: Yep, and that's why you got to go to got to go to concerts, got go to gotta go to shows because you have to you go never to know shows. Which, yep, you never know which one's going to be. You can't call it before it happens, so you just got to go support local, support the yeah. small stuff because yeah. Um, I think one you know one last thing. before we before we Mm -hmm. sign off um i think it's just to talk about lane as a person you know everybody loved him (laughs) i mean like people talk about how kind and caring he was and and just you know i mean he he had his troubles but he was just always super enjoyable to be around um and so it sounds like i know um i think an, an interview um I think it was Barrett Martin was talking about how Lane would always give away all the, like his guest passes to like kids that were just outside the concert venue trying to get tickets and trying to scalp tickets. And he would just Mm -hmm. give them to, you know, people to bring them in. Like, you know, the people that couldn't get tickets he would give to. And uh, yeah, like I said, you just hear really, you know, nice things about people. And, you know, that's a simple way to put it, but you know, that is, that goes a long way. You know, it's just cool to think about that. He was also, um, a joy.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I feel that same way and everything that I've read and listened to people just, I think people always talk about Lane's laugh. People talk about his sense of humor and just, he's just the, the gentle person that he was. And he was very in tune, you know, with art and with animals. And, and he just seemed like a very, very just gentle and kind person, uh, you know, to those that he cared about, and and I think one of my favorite qu- Lane quotes. I think it's from the Rolling Stone, uh, one of the Rolling Stone articles they did, where he you know he says that his bad habits aren't his title, that his talents and his strengths are his title, and uh, I think that always has a lot of uh, application to you know whatever's going on in anybody's life that you know you have to think about the good things that you bring to the table because it's never all bad, and you're you're always able to illuminate yourself and those around you, so you have the opportunity, you gotta choose that. But yeah, Lane, um, there's that clip that you posted once on his birthday where he's giving an interview and he's uh sitting by a piano and like he accidentally uh hits one of the keys or whatnot and he just laughs and I always I always think about that. I always think about that. Those are the clips and those are the stories that humanize him for me. Um talking about how kind of it just feels just out of reach because we're so young and we miss the era. Um kind of hearing them on tape laughing or telling a joke or something that that makes it feel more real and and that's mm-hmm. that's special stuff because that speaks to the the person not just the uh not just the musician or the vocalist
1: yep yeah exactly and like you said in the beginning like just imagine him he's our age you know at that time yeah he's doing stuff something about hanging out with my friends and you know who, who that person is so yeah yep pretty awesome um yeah, we wish he was still around, but... Yeah, he'd be very 55 ha- very happy. years
0: old today, so happy the birthday defy. to wow. yep. Lane Staley, wherever wherever he may be. And, uh, you know, he's, he's been gone for 20 years, but we're going to be listening to him 20 years from now and another 20 after that, and so right. on and so on.
1: All right, Chris. Well, that was good. That was a good conversation. Again, happy birthday to Lane. Yeah. And, uh, yep, spin your Allison change, Chains, your Mad Season, Uh, records today think about it celebrate his
0: birthday absolutely so uh, thank you everyone for listening to this conversation Uh, do all of those things that Ethan said that's not negotiable you you have to go and do that today what is negotiable is is we do ask you if you're enjoying us so far Uh, if you feel like it you can go ahead and and check us out different ways to support us that you know well by now Uh, leaving some reviews subscribing buying some merch uh, joining the Patreon as Amy and Faith both decided to do. Um, we would really appreciate that. We also appreciate our producer, Drew McFadden. Uh, we're going to make him very happy because we're going to bank some episodes and he's going to have some time to work on these uh, these puppies and get them out. Uh, but he is the legend that makes all of this run, and we're very thankful for him. And Ethan, I think before we close it down, we have some uh, songs of the week to share, don't we?
1: That we do. I wasn't sure if we we're gonna do it with uh, "Happy Birthday," but we. I always got always got some songs in the rousing
0: a cappella version in the style of Lane Staley.
1: The vocals only? Do we? <laughs> do we, Do we go there? I, I did. I was, of course, had to listen to some vocals only as I was preparing for this. Yeah. Pretty 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 incredible stuff. We love yeah. we love posting that. But um, yeah um, I guess I, I'll go. I can go first. All I right. think. Let me pull up something here. Um, <laughs> this actually, this one I was gonna, I was gonna post this. Uh, I was gonna use this one a couple of weeks ago, but it got pushed away. So it's actually a very great tune, a good sing along tune by Rusted Root called "Welcome to My Party," and <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a good song that I don't know if you've ever. I've, I know I've talked to you about. It, I've saw them live, and my brother like you know, send me on my way with a song. Yep. And uh, you know, they just, you know, they have that for them, which people some people hate, some people love. I love it. But their band, Solemn Live, and just an absolute um you know, honor to watch these musicians. They're so good. Like the dude was yodeling, singing, playing (laughs) like all these string instruments, just Just so good. And that's how, like, and that's what this song is. It's Welcome to My Party. And and that's how it feels when you listen to them. It's like, they're just so, they're very welcoming. um, And they're just really awesome musicians. And, yeah, they got a good tune. They got, like, really good drums and bongos and all that. So they're, like, pretty... They're pretty, pretty. I would love to see him at a festival. Fire me up. Uh, I, I think. I think there's yeah. more
0: room for bongos in music than people take yeah. advantage of. So <laughs> I endorse this. Santa Barbara, <laughs> the, Doobie the Doobie Brothers in Doobie Brothers Santa Barbara in '82. That I still contend that's the best live performance <laughs> available on YouTube ever.
1: I mean, the, the was it the master cut or whatever? The, yeah, the, video the, is the incredible. bonus footage
0: <laughs> live from the beaches. <laughs>
1: I also, oh, awesome. I
0: think, I think one of my favorite elements about this podcast, Ethan, before I share my song of the week, is that these episodes are just laden with stupid fucking inside jokes that you and I have together that a handful, if that, people out there might understand, and, and most right. of the time they don't understand. So they probably listen to us talk about Santa Barbara '82 Doobie Bros. Yeah. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Or at the <laughs> beginning of the episode, <laughs> where we're like, if you've prayed for my downfall, you've won. <laughs> People don't know what we're talking about, but I don't People want to do. change I'm it for it. a second.
1: <laughs> no, it's so true. And, and and if, so the Santa, the, con, the Doobie Brothers concert, though, I, w- I think we can say that one. That's just one of those yeah. concerts that we, we would come back to when we were drinking real late and we'd watch just California Yeah, <laughs> like after California everybody rocks. went home and they <laughs>
0: want to watch something, you just watch some yacht rock on the, on the TV before it's time to go to sleep. You, you're nursing that last beer, clock's past 2 a.m. And oh man, that that hit real good back then.
1: That's true. We do we do throw in a lot of inside jokes. So hopefully, you guys, hopefully, that's... hopefully they make some. They're not sort your of jokes. jokes.
0: You probably don't get them, but they're not going anywhere. So I don't know what to tell you.
1: But the longer you stick around, then the more yeah, involved. You, in yeah, yeah, we we, we that's share. why people we listen. Teach. Yeah, we're that's
0: he, we're here to teach. <laughs> exactly. That's what we have to do. So my song of the week. Uh, I'll, I'll get this one out. Um, I, there were like seven songs that I could pick as my song of the week right now, but I'm just going to pick something that I really liked last night that I had forgotten about and an artist that I had hadn't listened to in a while that I got back into last night. And, uh, that song is going to be the void from Kid Cudi. Um, I, I really like Kid Cudi, um, back when I was kind of discovering or getting into, getting into hip hop, uh, you know, when I was in high school, I guess, Man in the Moon albums were out and uh, I really, really liked his stuff. Obviously, um, one of his songs that he was featured on was also in a video game. I think one of the NBA video games when I was a kid too, and I really liked it. And I was just listening to a random playlist on Spotify last night and The Void was on there, which was off of his most recent album, uh, that I think came out in 2021. Um, and The Void was the song that I listened to and I really liked it. So I think other people may like it, um, this is not really a space where I think people are predisposed to listening to hip hop just because of the genre that we tend to discuss most of the time here but it's there's a lot of good hip hop out there and Kid Cudi I think is a really uh complex um creator and and he's very nuanced with what he does and I I really admire him a lot and uh I think all of his stuff is really really solid and he's not afraid to experiment and I think that's really cool so it's my song of the week awesome the void that's where i'm going after this i'm going the
1: void yeah perfect um two great songs to finish up the episode you bet um please check out the check out the playlist come back next week like i said we have plenty of episodes you can go back and listen to if this is your first time here and thank you for getting to the end of the episode
0: absolutely you did it once again uh we'll see you back here yeah we did it too uh one down a few more to go Uh, That does it for Episode 74 of the Grunge Bible Podcast. Check back with us same time, same place next week for Episode 75. Uh, Ethan, I'll see you later. Uh, Everyone out there, I will uh, talk to you later. So uh, thanks for listening and take care. Rock and
1: roll. Rock and roll, guys.